and welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. Harvest Church is based in sunny Durban, South Africa. We are a family of believers who are passionate about Jesus. We really hope this message inspires you today. We've been looking at available, here I am. That's what we looked at last week. This week we're going to be looking at send me. And it's Valentine's Day, as we mentioned, and saying you're available can have a few uh, things attached to it. It can be a little bit dangerous. I saw some Christian pickup lines on the internet and going around WhatsApp. Can we go to the next slide? Here's one of them. Is your name Faith? Because you're the substance of things I've hoped for. (laughs) Men, don't try that one. Let's go to the next one. If you know the story of Boaz and Ruth, hey girl, Call me Boaz, because my love for you is ruthless. Sorry. Next one. Now I know why Solomon had 700 wives, because he had never met you. So happy Valentine's Day, Leanne. She's not here in the crowd today, because she's wanting to create some space. But there's something about being available that can be dangerous. And that's what I want to look at. When we say, here I am, Lord, send me, that's a dangerous prayer. Because that's inviting God to come in to interrupt your plans and your thoughts and your best laid intentions for yourself and to say, Lord, I want to trust you for your divine intentions. And so we in this passage of Scripture, Isaiah 6 verse 8, um, you can go and take a quick read. You can read from verse 1. We're going to be just alluding to that as we go. But as we looked at last week, we looked at the statement of here I am. And it's this thing of before God can ever send us, we need to be honest with where we are, with where we're at, where we, how we're feeling, where we're finding ourselves in life, the difficulties, the challenges, the circumstances, what gifts we have, what talents we have available to us at, at our disposal. And we need to say, Lord, here I am. I'm inviting you to work in me before you can work through me. Because we get to get to that place that before God is able to do something through us, he wants to work something in us. And before he can give us the breakthrough we want to see in our circumstances, he wants to bring a breakthrough, a shaping, and a making inside our lives so that we're able to carry all that he's calling us into. And so we say that. We say, here I am, Lord. And it was this word we looked at um, in the Hebrew. It's the word heneni. And it means this, I am totally available, present and attentive to what you're wanting to say. And so before we actually get to the place where we pray and at the end we will and we say, Lord, send me, I want us to be aware of what it means to say, here I am, and what it means to say, send me. So we're going to look at Isaiah. Because as I mentioned last week in my household, I'm the one that if there's somewhere to go, I'm going to jump up and I'm like, I'll go, I'll go for the drive, I'll get what needs to be bought from the store, here I am, send me. But I want to differentiate something in this story and highlight a difference here. Because with me, it's often, it's always, should I say, something specific. I know where I'm going to. I know what I need to get. But with Isaiah, it's a little bit different. There's something that's uh, not uh, of, of a clarity in his situation as there would be in mine, where he is actually saying the yes before he knows the question. And so that's what we see happening here in Isaiah's life, where he says, here I am, send me. But here's the precursor to what happens in his response. If we look in verse one, it says, I saw the Lord, 
In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, and he was high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Now, um, Uzziah had led for about 52 years, and he brought stability. Now he's gone, and everyone's concerned what's going to happen. So in this moment, Isaiah is a little bit shaken up. But something happens when he realizes that the earthly king rule or expectation for leading is removed, that he comes into the presence of God and he encounters uh, the king of kings, lord of lords, and heaven's throne is, is occupied. And something shifts in his demeanor and his disposition. And he says, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne. I think, um, sorry, I don't have this verse. You're going to have to uh, just read Isaiah 6 verse 1. You can pick up on your own on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. That's what's happening here. And Isaiah's in this place where when he encounters the awesomeness of who God is, when he encounters his presence, he becomes aware of his own inadequacy. He says, Lord, I have unclean lips. Here's the thing, Isaiah is a prophet. His lips and his speech should have been his strength, but your strength when you come into the presence of God, you suddenly realize, my strength is nothing. And so he says, I've got unclean lips, and there's seraphim and angelic activity, and one of the seraphim brings a coal and touches his lips, and it's this picture of what being touched by the blood of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, the mercy of Jesus does in our lives, where suddenly he's atoned for, and in that moment, then the grace of God touches him, and he's able to respond. He's able to stand up inspired from this moment where he was thinking, no, I'm inadequate, and he's able to say, Lord, send me. And that's what we were looking at last week, that sometimes something has to happen in us where we've been trusting in our own strength, ability, or capacity, and maybe it's been um, working for us. Uh, but we can get into trouble when things aren't being led like we think they should in our lives or in our country or in the nations. But we need to realize that heaven's throne is occupied, and in the presence of God, even what seems like strength becomes nothing in the midst of all that he is. And his grace infuses us to move in his strength, not just our own. And so out of that place, Isaiah is able to say, here I am, send me. Do you see, it shifts you. You can be here I am in your own brokenness, despair, and discouragement, but when you get into God's presence, there's a different sound to your here I am because you feel fully equipped in him. And that allows him to say, send me. It's not like when God spoke to Jonah. God comes to Jonah and he gives him a direction. He says, go to Nineveh. And Jonah, he gives him a destination. He gives him a place, a time. He gives him an instruction. And Jonah's response is, here I am. I'm not going. It's a little bit different than we see with Moses as well. If you contrast Isaiah and Moses. Moses is in this place where he comes across the burning bush. The voice of the Lord says to him, take off your sandals. This is holy ground. And Moses says, here I am. In the same way, Isaiah, in the presence of God, is saying, here I am. But Isaiah continues to say, here I am, send me. Moses says, here I am, send someone else. I'm too weak, I'm not capable, I'm not able, send my brother-in-law. But with Isaiah, he says, send me. Because there's something here about no matter the circumstance, no matter the challenge, no matter the uncertainty, there's something about our faith being stretched and having a magnitude of trust in who he is that we are able to say when we encounter him, that we are able to say yes even before we know the destination, even before we hear the question. And this is what's happening here with Isaiah. He is saying yes before he even receives his assignment. 
And so there's something at the start of 2021, there's something as I look at 11 years of leading, as we're transitioning into the more, that there's a sense of consecrated crossover into the more that God has, that we've got to say, where are we and where are we going? And is our faith at the point where it is so dedicated to the kingdom and the purposes of God that we are so obsessed not with the things of the world, but with who our king is and what his kingdom is called to do, that we are able to say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And uh, there's something I've noticed in myself, I'm not sure about you, but often we, pri we prioritize Jesus' availability to us more than our availability to him. And you look in your life and when we, we're wanting to make demands on Jesus' availability to us, and he always is, he's willing and he's able. But what about prioritizing our availability to him? When we move beyond just Jesus being a backup plan or just being an assist when we're in trouble or just being a vending machine option where we think, no, Lord, I know what I wanna do. I know how to do it. I'm gonna make it happen. And when everything falls down, we lean back onto Jesus and say, Lord, I'm, I'm gonna rely on you. Come see me through here. What happens when our starting point is to say, now I'm available to you and your purposes? And so this, this passage conveys such availability. Lord, I want to make my, your desires my priority. I don't want my desires to be your priority. I want to make your desires my priority. And that's what we see happening in this passage. And it reminds me of this beautiful passage where we see in Matthew 9, 36. We can put it on the screens. I think I have it there, Matthew 9, verse 36 to 38. Excellent. Where Jesus is speaking to the disciples, and it says, when he saw the crowds, when he saw the people, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Now watch what Jesus says to the disciples. He asked them to pray. He says, I'm, I'm gonna ask you to do something. There's ascending that needs to take place, but I want you to be involved with me. Now ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So Jesus has a prayer request. He's saying, I need you to pray. I want you to pray. And it's this thing of sending. And it's this thing that's caught his heart. And are we available to the, the cause, the passion, the heartbeat of Jesus to say, I'm gonna be a part of that the prayer, but also the sending of what you're wanting to do. And it causes us to, to take a stock of our lives, to reframe and to rethink where we are on this earth, especially in the Western culture, which influences us so much and determines what's successful or significant. And it's to grasp this idea that the greatest thing that we can ever do is to be those that live according to his plan and his purpose and respond to his destiny for your and my life. It's not to be those who are caught up on this earth saying, I need to make it for myself. I want to live a, a picture of this American dream. I want to establish wealth. I want to gain influences. I want to gather followers. I want people to see me. I want to be high and lifted up. No, it's to realize the most important thing we can do here on this earth is to say yes to the call of God in our lives. And for that, we need to realize where we are. We need to get into his presence so we can go with his purpose. So we can say, I am available. 
And here's the thing as we look at this. It's not saying that I know the plan that you have for me. It's not yet saying I know the destiny. It's not yet saying I know exactly how it's going to outwork. It's saying I know the condition of my heart. I know where I'm situated. I know who you are, God. I don't know all the details. I know that you do. But I know where I'm at, and I'm saying I'm available. I want to come into alignment with your perfect plan. And so before we say yes, and before we say send me, I want to just help you to understand, help myself to understand what this means. Because as I said, it's a dangerous prayer. And so there are three simple points. They're going to be very simple. They're not going to wow you. But um, I hope that you're going to apply them, that we can take as we look at this text. The first one is this. If we can put it on the screen. I'll go wherever. That's what we see here with Isaiah. Wherever. This word wherever, it deals with location. But it's not just the location. It's more than that. It deals with location. It is that. And it's also this long-term thing where we sometimes think in terms of maybe location, Lord, I'm going to prepare and I'm available to eventually I'm going to be sent into wherever you are calling me. And so it takes this long-term plan in our mind. But I want to say that uh, wherever is also short-term. It's also in the here and there now. It's also in the immediacy of this moment, this very second. It's saying, Lord, the wherever is saying I'm available to you that when I drive home from church today and someone's car is broken down, that, Lord, I'm available for you to prompt me to get out and to help them to pump up their tire or whatever it might be. It's in the immediacy of the moment, I'm available wherever you need me to be. It's, it's geographical, but I want to say it's not only geographical. There's more to it than that. When it says um, you need to be able and available to go wherever, maybe that's in discussions. Have you ever heard someone saying, they're talking to someone, and you overhear something they're saying, you go to your friend and say, he just went there in that discussion. Can you believe he went there? Sometimes the wherever means that you're gonna go to places you wouldn't go in discussion. The Lord's gonna prompt you, he's gonna challenge you, he's gonna convict you so that you can speak into the lives of others where you normally wouldn't, where you'd be timid, but there's an availability and understanding that there's a sent word, a sent moment that you meant to encounter in someone's life that's gonna set them into freedom, destiny, purpose, and life, and so you, you go there. It's that wherever. It's not just a geographical location. And it's to know, Lord, if you're challenging me to face a difficult situation, wherever that is, I'll go there. If you're challenging me to lead my family better, wherever and however that looks, I'm gonna go there. Whatever it means, I'm available. We see this beautifully depicted in Genesis 12 when we look at the story of Abraham before he becomes Abraham, the father of many nations. And if you look at Genesis 12, verse 1, let's put it up on the screen. The Lord says to Abraham, go from, go from. There's the starting point of what he's saying. You've got to go somewhere, but to go somewhere, you've got to leave somewhere. There's something of a momentum. There's something of a, a moving. There's something of a stepping forward in the assignment that to go from, in order to get somewhere, you've got to leave somewhere. You've got to leave your place of comfort. Maybe you've got to leave your home. Leanne had to leave uh, Alaska and home and family and culture and everything she knew because there was a, a going from and a going to that she felt and she knew was an awesome promise from God. Can I say that on Valentine's Day? I hope Leanne's watching. And it continues to say, go from your country, from your people, and from your father's house. See, there's the sense of, I want you to go to a place, wherever that it is, we need to be available and willing to go to a place. And to do that, you have to leave. It says, um, go from your country, your people, and your father's house to a land 
that I will show you. He doesn't say, I'm gonna tell you what it's gonna be like. He doesn't define where it is yet. He's saying, no, go with me to a land and I'm gonna show you along the way. Means if we love our well-laid plans, we cannot make them, we cannot um, outline them, we cannot have them in our mind, blog, thought, pattern, shape, journal. No, it's to say it's on journeying and it's processing with the Lord. And it's this thing of saying yes before we know the questions. It's this thing of saying yes before we know the destination. It goes on to say, I'll make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. You see, when we say yes and when we are available to go from and to and to leave so that we come, can come into the more, it's so that we can step into the more of his blessing. He never calls you into a, a, a smaller space spiritually and relationally with him in terms of his blessing. It is always a bigger, more spacious place. He causes the boundary lines to fall in pleasant places. It's not based based on your circumstance. It's based on the capacity of his life in your life. That's the blessing that we're able to live in and live out of. Verse three, and I'll bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all people's, people on earth will be blessed through you. Now watch this, verse four. So Abraham went. So Abraham went. He was responding. He was saying, you know, the wherever, I'm available, wherever. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old. I wanna to say to the older generation, don't even be limited by that 75. We're in a new covenant, covenant understanding where there's more grace, but we're able to go wherever. Doesn't matter your age. 75 years old, and he was stepping forward into the promise. When he, and here's the two words I want us to see. When he set out, there was a, a setting out because of the word that God had spoken. We want clarity, we want it defined, we want to know the destination, we want to say, Lord, show me where I'm going, I'm going to calculate it, I'm going to work it out in my mind, and then I'll make my decision. Abraham set out, because he was available. And that word set out, in the Hebrew, is the same word we looked at last week, it's this word, yelach, that we see in Isaiah, where the Lord says, whom shall I send, who will go on our behalf? And that word means who will move, who will lead, who will proceed, and who will go. And in this, Abraham is saying, there's this yalach in him where he is saying, I'll go, I'll move, I'll proceed, I'll lead into this new place that you are calling me. And he yalached, if you want to uh, use a good Hebrew description. It doesn't say he arrived. It doesn't say he arrived. It says he moved. And there's something about processing and allowing God to lead us and to speak into us and to bring us into the place of where we're going that we need to realize that as we look, the destination isn't the outworking of the journey. It's the obedience where we take a step. That's what God's calling us to. It's not so much to a destination. It's to obedience that we can take out a step, uh, take a step and be faithful and trust him so that he can lead us into all that he's wanting to bring us into. And here, here is a principle I want us to see. God moves while we take steps. God moves while we take steps. That's why the scripture says he is a light unto our path, that every step that we take, he casts his light. He doesn't shine it like a, a, a torch that reveals the far distant outworking, but he casts light to our feet so that we can take step by step by step because we are not the Alpha and Omega. He is the Alpha and Omega and knows the beginning and the end. And I remember this in my life um, before I came back as we looking at 11 years and I'd been in Alaska at a church service, probably about this many people in the room. 
and um, one of the overseers for North America had come from a ministry called Rama under Kenneth Hagen. And uh, Leanne and I were sitting, we must have been about 24 years old, 25 with a one and a half year old, and we were sitting in one point in the building, and he had preached his word. He wasn't ministering prophetically, but he was preaching his word, and actually halfway through the sermon, he said, young couple, will you stand up? It's nice to say young couple. It's been many years since then. Young couple, will you stand up? And he said, there's a call of God upon your life, and when the call comes, don't worry about how it's going to outwork, and don't worry about finances. Just be available and say yes. From that moment, I started to have dreams of packing bags for two weeks running. And then my dad called me. He didn't say, come to ministry. He didn't say, come and I've got a job for you. He didn't say all of that. He called me. But in his phone call, I felt the call of God reverberating in my heart. And within, I think, another two weeks, we had packed up Alaska, packed up our family. I had a great job there that I loved. But I felt purpose in the call. And we came back here. And it was the step of process of taking the next step. I'm not, <laughs> the disclaimer is I'm not saying just leave where you are and you're going to land up in full-time ministry. There was a process to coming back, and it's the faithful step by step by step where you can come into the fullness of what you believe your calling is and what God has called you to do. That was my journey. And we don't always know the end. We don't always know the destination. We just get to say yes, and that's called following the Holy Spirit's leading. So the second point is this. Firstly, you've got to go wherever. The second point, you've got to go have in your heart this response, I'll go whenever, whenever. And this is the hard one because it deals with timing, my timing and God's timing. And I don't know about you, but very often my timing looks very different and works very differently to God's timing. It is a very different picture. And in this, we see that there's long-term timing when we realize it's not gonna happen quickly. How many of you know with God, it doesn't always happen instantly. It's long-term timing. And it's to have this availability to say, even as I mentioned in the last point, the availability to, to, to go and to make the step. There's also the availability to wait. The availability to say, whenever you decide it to happen, Lord, I'm in it for the long term. I'm not going to just jump up and run out. I'm not going to uproot myself every 10 months until I find something. I'm not going to try to find another marriage or another job or another church, but I'm planted here, Lord, and I'm trusting in your timing, and no matter the circumstance and situation, I know that in your timing, you make all things beautiful, and Lord, I'm staying because I want to live in the flourishing of the beauty of what you're wanting to do in and through my life and the fruitfulness of that for generations generations to come. And so there's the sense of now I'm even willing to wait. It might be long term. I'm going to wait for you to speak. I'm going to wait for you to prompt. I'm going to wait for you to move upon me. I'm going to wait for your timing because I'm available whenever, not just in my moment. So there's the long term, but there's also the short term, as I mentioned. There's also the sh short term whenever, when it's instantly. It's a now thing. God says, I'm wanting you to move now in this moment, and you are in a shopping center or in a hospital or you are in a prayer meeting or you are in your office and the Lord prompts you and you know there's something that you have to go and speak that's gonna advance his kingdom, that's gonna release life in a situation, and it's a now moment. I've got to move in the immediacy. It's a, it's a whenever. It's a, I'm laying aside my plans and my, my ideas, and I'm gonna say, Lord, here I am. I'm available. Interrupt me so that I can live as a kingdom disruption here on earth. And this is difficult because we get wrapped up in our own timing and our own schedules and when we think God should move in our life. Habakkuk 2 verse 3, if we can put that scripture up. Thank you. It's the next one. It says this, for still the vision, 
And I want to pause there. When it's speaking about vision here, it's pertaining to um, your sense of how the Lord is leading you. It's what you're waiting for. It's what you're praying for. It's what you're fasting for. It's what you're believing for. It says still the vision awaits its appointed time. It means there's a, an appointed time for it to take place. It's, it's not uh, in every moment. There's an appointed time. It continues to say, it hastens to the end, it will not lie. I love that. There's an appointed time for the vision that God has given you and called you to. And, and it, it, what does it say there? It hastens to the end, it will not lie. Your circumstance, the situation, what it looks like around you, don't let that lie to you because God is not going to allow his word to lie to you. He's going to bring it around. There is a timing and it, it won't, you won't be lied to. And if it seems slow, and I'm sure there are many of us feeling, Lord, my vision and what I believe your purpose for me is feeling slow. If it seems slow, wait for it. His timing is better than ours. Wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. You see, it might feel like our delay, but it's an appointed, ordained God moment in time for the most impact and influence and effect in and through your life. That's what it's saying here. And so we have to say, Lord, I'm available to your time. I'm yielding my own will. I'm yielding my own desires. I'm, I'm yielding my own thoughts. I'm making myself available wherever, whenever. And in order to do that, you've got to say no to some stuff. In order to say yes to God, you need to say no to some things. We need to get this because uh, when we come to our calendars, we love to show how busy we are. We love to show how many sports our kids are involved in. We love to show how, um, how needed we are by our colleagues. We love to show how well we plan out our, our fun and our getaway times. But in order to say yes to God, we've got to say no to something else. And uh, there's, there's the saying, well, let me first say with John the Baptist, he had to say in this moment, less of me and more of him. He was saying yes to more of Jesus and no to more of his own thoughts, desires, and wants. He was saying, you know what? I want to pursue the more of you. So he was saying no to things. Andy Stanley's got a book called Choosing to Cheat. Who wins when things collide? He's saying there's always something that's being cheated, and it's all determined on your priority. If you are here at church today, or if you're watching online on the couch, you are cheating the dishwashing or the vacuuming that needs to happen. I'm very glad that you are doing it. It's saying, because you're saying that this is a priority, but you are cheating something because there's only so much time that we have. And that's what Andy Stanley's saying in this moment. When you choose to young dads, this is what my dad challenged me in. I used to enjoy playing my um, son's PS3 at that time, and he had a good rugby game, and uh, I thought I was going to help the Springboks win the World Cup, so I was playing the games, and my father wrote me the letter before he passed on, and he said, Lord, George, Here's the things I want to, I remember, here's the things I want to challenge you in, and these are the things I want to celebrate in you. One of the challenges was you need to stop playing the games and spend more time with your family. You need to stop cheating your, your wife and your children. You need to start cheating um, PlayStation recreational time, and you need to start focusing on those things that are your priority. And maybe men, it's a different season. I was a lot younger then. That was before I'd actually come into ministry. But maybe um, now we're in that place where we think, well, I'm showing my value to my family by being at the office by 5 a.m. and leaving at 8 p.m. I want to say you are cheating your family in that moment. But it needs to be priorities, and we need to have this availability and this awareness that we say, Lord, what is the priority in this moment? And maybe for a season, it's working five to eight to establish your family's future. 
But listen, if that's not it, if it's for your own desires and your own significance, your own wants and your own esteem and your own worth, just be aware that there's a family waiting for you at home. And when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And so God is saying we need to say our yes to him. We need him to be the priority. If we say yes to Sunday mornings at church or yes to Sunday evenings at church, we're saying no to the beach. And we're saying no to um, the Sunday night movie. I'm not saying you need to do both of those, but we need to decide where there's a priority and where we're going to say yes and no and what we're going to cheat on behalf of our family. With our giving, if I'm saying yes to splurging and comfort shopping at Gateway, then I'm probably saying no to my giving. So we need to look at what's the priority here. What am I saying yes to? What am I saying no to? What am I cheating? And I love this because Jesus was the greatest model of availability when we look at him. He was available to be disturbed. Firstly, he was available to the Father. He would draw aside to pray, and he would say no to other things. But coming out of his availability to the Father as he moved in community, uh, he was available to be disturbed. And I'll use a word that's not in the uh, English dictionary, but he was disturbable because he was available. And because he was disturbable, and even the lady with the issue of blood, when he was off with the centurion to do something else, she reached through a busy crowd in a frantic moment, and she took hold of him, and he knew something had happened, and she She wasn't in his calendar. She wasn't in his schedule. But he he was able to turn in the midst of the moment, however, whenever, um, wherever. And he was able to minister to her because he was disturbable. And because he was available to the king, disturbable by what was around him, he was able to bring kingdom disruption and release life wherever he went. And so there's something about being available, being disturbable. So number one, we need to go wherever. Number two, we need to be willing to go whenever. And number three, and this is the hardest one for me, the hardest one, we need to be available to go, I'll go however, whatever the way, whatever the way. It's when you personally decide and you choose to allow the Lord to choose and decide. That's a hard step. When you personally choose to say, Lord, I'm gonna allow you to choose the way, the time, the place that I need to go. Because we love to be involved in God's choosing. Even in our moments of making ourselves available in fasting and prayer, we say, Lord, um, I wanna help you, Lord, to see where would be most beneficial. I wanna help you, Lord, to see when would be most beneficial. And Lord, I I wanna help you see how it could happen because I've got some good ideas about my future, Lord, and if you would speak to that person and just open that door and allow them to call me, then Lord, we're gonna do great things together. And we want to get involved in the how. But when we say, Lord, you know, I'm going to submit myself. I'm going to make myself available. I'm simply going to say, Lord, however you do this. Lord, I've got some ideas. I've got some thoughts. But at the end of the day, Lord, I submit my ways to you so that you can have your way in and through me. So Isaiah 55 verse 8 got the scripture up, where it says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. Other version says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I like this one. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, and my ways are far beyond. Look at that. It's not just a little bit beyond. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways 
That's, that's how he's going to do it. He's going to do it far more, as he's going to do it higher, far beyond anything I can imagine because his thoughts are nothing like mine. That means when I'm thinking, his is so much bigger, so much more, so much um, more powerful, impactful, influential. They've got so much more life and promise and destiny in them. But I've got to be willing to release mine so that he can outwork his in and through me. And so it's to say, Lord, I'm available to you always. Because I know that, Lord, if I allow you to move, uh, you're going to do something extraordinary. And we sing a song. We like to sing the song, and it's a good song, and I enjoy it. And the lyrics go, God, God made a way where there seemed to be no way. God made a way where there was no way. You know, we love to sing that. But, but here's the reality. God made a way other than the way I thought it was going to be. You see, God, it was always a way for God. It was always possible for him. He could always see it. He could always um, do imaginably more than whatever we were facing that we thought was no way. But we had some preconceived ideas and thoughts of how it could happen. So when God makes a way when there is no other way, it's really saying God made a way where we couldn't see the way. But he just did what he does because we trusted, lent into, and believed in him. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 6, as I finish, says this. It says, for there is, have we got the scripture up there? Yes. It says, for there is a time and a way for everything, although man's troubles lie heavy on him. You know, our troubles might be lying heavy on us, maybe at the start of 2021, as we're hearing this word rise and build, as we're speaking about being available, maybe it's weighing on us, but it says there is a time and a way for everything. There are two things here I wanna mention. There's a time and a way, and if you look at the Greek word for time here, and I, I don't have time to do it, but if you look at that Greek word, what it means is that there's a moment. It's not talking about a period of time, it's saying that there is a moment coming. It's a moment. There is a time, and then it says there is a way. And it's the Hebrew word mispat, and it means there's a decision, a decision, a manner in which to implement a plan, and it's the act of deciding a case. That's what it's saying, a decision. It's saying a manner in which a plan is made and the act of making the decision in a case. That's the way. So this is the abbreviation. Let me give it to you simply. It's this. There's a specific time in which the manner of your case will be lived out. And until then, stay available. There's a specific time in which the manner of your case will be lived out, planned out, affected. But until then, trust in God. Be available to Him. Charles Stanley says this, if we can go to the last quote. I love this, what an encouragement. All I've got to do is be wholly devoted to him. God takes full responsibility for the life that is wholly devoted to him. Man, I love that. My concerns for my family, my concerns for my future, and my, my concerns for my friends and community and my city and my nation and my concerns for all of those things, God is gonna take full responsibility for your and my life as we are wholly devoted to Him. So now that we've said, here I am, and we're aware of where we are in the midst of wanting to say I'm available, now I wanna challenge you. This is the point where you can pray Send me. It's in saying this. It starts off where we say, here I am, God. I'm available. I'm available for you to interrupt me. I'm available for you to say to me, go, and I'll go. I'm available for you to say to me, speak to someone, and I'm gonna speak to them. 
I'm available for you to say to me, stay, and I'll stay. I'm available for you to say to me, be quiet and pray, and I'm going to pray about that, what you're calling to me, and me too. I'm, I'm available to you to say, give, and I'm going to give. Lord, I'm available for you to use me. Use my time. Use whatever you need. Use my gifting. Use my talents. Wherever, however, whenever. God, here I am. I'm completely available to you. Send me. And I want to tell you that when we pray that, that's a dangerous prayer because I want to guarantee you that God will interrupt your life. Wherever, however, whenever. He's going to interrupt your life. He's going to prompt you in things that he's wanting to do in you and through you. He's going to challenge you to move in areas you wouldn't have moved to. And you're going to discover this. God has so much for me to do when you discover that I, and when you come to that place of saying, I'm available, here I am, send me. I'm going to pray. And I want you just to, if that speaks to you, I just want you to respond. Can I ask you to stand? Lord, personally as a community, 11 years of leading, it's Valentine's Day. We want to say, Lord, you are our ultimate love, our ultimate passion, and our ultimate purpose. Lord, we want to be yours. We want to be marked by you and called of you. And as we're in your presence, we want to respond to you. Where we might have been concerned about other things, when the earthly throne was empty, the heavenly thrones occupied. When we're concerned with our own weakness or inadequacy, we encounter your all supremacy, the wonder of who you are in your presence. And where we feel I just can't do it, you come and you touch us with your grace and you empower us and enable us. And in that place, Lord, we want to say, here we are. Here we are, 2021. Community in Somerset Park, Amschlanger, Durban, South Africa. Here we are. Send us. Interrupt us. Prompt us, challenge us, move in and upon us, and have your way through us in your time and according to your ways and your purposes. In Jesus' name we pray, and as a community, we say amen.